I wanted to share with you and Father some words the Lord gave me for our continued formation of the, his community of love crucified. And I took that opportunity to, to read it carefully and make it the meditation of today's rosary so that through the power of the prayer of the rosary, the intercession of our Blessed Mother and the power of the Holy Spirit, those words could continue to begin to, to really enter our hearts, to, to be branded, to, to pierce our hearts. So I'm going to read it in its entirety right now to you. I will, Father and I will send it to you in English and in Spanish. Marie already translated it for you. Um, after I read it, then we will comment on some parts of the message. This was given this past Sunday. The Lord said, and whenever you see the, the word you, he is speaking to, to you, <laughs> to all of us. So the Lord says, you are my beloved spouse of my most precious blood. It is my blood that refreshes the soul and brings forth new life in the spirit. My little one, my blood poured out for mankind has been trampled on. It has not been received as my gift of myself to humanity. At every mass, my blood is present to you to receive into your own hearts. This blood is the power of my love for you, meaning you plural. This blood is sacred, for it is the blood of the Lamb of God who voluntarily laid down his life for you so that you can be free. Yet my blood has not been received. Your tears are one with my tears and Mary's, for the wrath of God is upon the earth. My blood saves, restores, heals, and brings forth new life. Yet the world has chosen to give their good God the blood of the most innocent my little ones in the wombs of their mothers and the blood of the slaughtered innocent ones on the streets of the world. This is the blood of Satan, the blood of evil. You have been chosen by the Father to bring to God the blood of my martyrs of love. The blood shed with tears of pure love as one with me. This blood hidden to the world has the power to cast out evil and usher in the reign of peace. Continue to unite these pure martyrs of my divine love to save the world from utter destruction. And I will tell you that 
when the Lord placed in my heart these innocent, where he says the innocent ones on the street of the world in one moment at that moment when he said those words a flash came to me where I saw children of all ages that have been killed in the streets especially um, throughout the world I saw human trafficking all the innocent ones that have been taken, been killed. I saw all fa families, innocent people in their neighborhoods, in their towns, being attacked by terrorists um, and, and on and on. So it was all of that innocent ones. So I'd like to, to make a few comments and and father also, but I wanted to start towards the beginning with a few things. The Lord says that his blood refreshes the soul and brings forth new life in the spirit. And then he goes on a few sentences down and he says that his blood is the power of his love. And I really thought about the teaching of last week where I focused on St. Paul, chapter five to the Galatians, and where we had to see that St. Paul teaches us that there is the spirit of love, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that there is the spirit of the world, and that we all have both in us, but it is the power of Christ, the power of his precious blood that he's saying can bring us to new life in the spirit. So it's as if I started praying when I receive Holy Communion since Sunday. I really started to pray with, with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my energy, with all my mind believing in the power of the blood of Christ that I have just received and begging the Holy Spirit that with the power of the blood of Christ to pierce the spirit of the world that's within me, to pierce the, the spirit of judgment, all, all of the, the darkness that continues to live within me, and I just started to pray, fill me with the spirit of love. And again, one by one, like I told you last week, I, I pray every day. And not only for me, but for each of you. This is my prayer for, for, for each of you, for all of my territory of souls. And with that power of the blood of Christ that he's saying, the power of his love, I pray, my Lord, grant us the grace to, to love to be full of joy, to be full of peace, patient, kind, good, faithful to our vocations, faithful to the vows we've made, faithful to the covenant to be mothers and missionaries of the cross, 
tender, gentle, and self-control. This is the spirit of love. It's beautiful because then the Lord says in the message, he says that his blood is sacred. It's the blood of the Lamb of God who laid down his life for us. And then he says so that we can be free. And again, what did we speak about last week? Of how St. Paul speaks to us about what is freedom. And St. Paul said in Galatians 5, freedom is one phrase. Love your neighbor as yourself. The whole focus of the power of God's victim souls is love. The Lord mentions in this message tears. Again, I invite you to go to the path to read the section in the path that is the living chalices where the formation of the path that the Lord has given us is to form us to be the living chalices, our hearts, where we receive the life, the blood, the love of Jesus Christ within us. And that blood is poured out from us through our faculties, through our prayers upon many souls. And read the section on tears again. In our formation as mothers and missionaries of the cross, tears are so important. How often throughout all these years, the Lord continues to speak about his tears and the tears of Mary and inviting us always to collect his tears, to unite our tears to his, the power of our tears united with the Lord. Um, at this point, I'm going to stop a minute, Father, so that you can speak about the section on the blood. Thank you, Lourdes. I'm very um, impressed that the Lord continues to speak to us about his precious blood shed for us. And this is so important to understand, my dear family, because more and more we hear about um, fraternity. You know, since the French Revolution, we've been hearing about equality, fraternité, Liberté, you know, liberty, fraternity, equality, and all these beautiful, beautiful words that only end up in massacres, in guillotines, in the opposite of what is proclaimed. And you know why? Because all these words can easily be manipulated by Satan to cover up 
his own work. The communists did the same thing in Cuba, agrarian reform for the poor, on and on. We hear it now also, all these empty promises. Only if we are anchored on the cross and we worship Jesus and it is a priority of our very lives to be gazing upon him, consoling him, sharing in his own heart that sheds tears for humanity. In other words, it's only in Christ, with Christ, through Christ, that the human mind is able to be freed from the oppression of the lies and the movements that are seducing the masses and making people fall for ideologies. Because Christianity is not an ideology, it's a, an encounter, a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And as he enters our life, as St. Paul says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's work is to bring us into this encounter with Jesus where our conscience, our heart is convicted and clear that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's only in him, anchored in him, living in him, that loving one another is real. Because in him, we participate also of his shedding of blood, which means becoming us two victim souls. If we don't become one with the victim as an oblation to the Father, which is what the Mass is all about, then we reduce Christianity to another ideology of beautiful words. And so this is why the Lord is calling us to be victims of love, which means to be one with Jesus, one single offering given up every day in the particular circumstances of each of our lives. Suffer with him. Enter into his tears of sorrow for the brokenness of our own lives and the lives of others and a full understanding that only in him, through him, with him, can we be lifted up from this oppression. So this week, I had the opportunity to share through Zoom with a group in Colombia. It's, a, it's another group, I think it's a, from Emmaus and um, What happened to me was very surprising because the day after 
the coordinator called me to tell me that some people were confused because I said that the cross is the work of Satan. And this is something that I think most Catholics do not understand. And I think it's so very important to understand the spiritual battle. And even though I explained that, I just did not say that the cross was evil. I explained it and they still did not understand it. So I'm gonna repeat it again for my beloved community because there's some new ones and also because it's so important. The cross is an instrument of torture. It is an evil design to hurt, to humiliate, to destroy human beings. It was used by the Romans for that purpose. But Jesus, our Lord and Savior, became man. He entered into the reality of the world, which is full of the works of Satan and evil. And he chose to love and he chose to be faithful to the Father. And Satan came against him with all his wrath. Satan wanted to destroy Jesus and therefore he comes at him with the cross. But what happens? Jesus, by choosing to enter this battle, and we can see what this battle is all about very graphically in Gethsemane, where he sweats blood. That's how serious this battle is for Jesus, because he's human as well as divine. So he enters it also as a human being, and he perseveres in love. And he faces this, the, this cross with all the evil that it represents, which represents all the sin, all the evil of humanity. And he chooses to continue to love. And through divine love being worked out through a human heart, the heart of Jesus, the power of Satan is vanquished. Love triumphs over the power of evil that comes in the form of the cross. And by Jesus embracing the cross and willfully choosing to continue to be faithful to the Father, even through the cross, he takes the cross as a trophy. Remember that passage in the gospel that when the strong man comes and then he takes the weapons of the enemy that he vanquished and makes them his own. So Jesus then takes the cross 
that he defeated by the power of divine love lived out as a human being through the human flesh and he is triumphant and the cross becomes a sign of victory over satan but it's a it's a battle that continues and the cross comes to us in different forms and appearances but it's the same cross and it's the same satan it can come in the form of guerrillas in the jungles or in the in mobs in the streets it can come through somebody who uh, defames you somebody who steals something somebody who who hurts you who hurts somebody in your family all the forms of evil that we have to face that is the cross and that's the work of satan but we remember and we profess our faith in jesus christ and it's now present here the power of the cross the victorious cross of jesus christ which means not what like pope benedict made this very clear jesus i mean what saved us is not what the evil people did to jesus that's evil what saves us is the love of christ facing that evil evil and conquering evil with his choice of being faithful to the father it's the power of jesus christ's heart one with the father in the holy spirit making battle and being victorious so we have to do the same now we can run away from this attacks of the devil we need to know what is going on and the power of the cross of jesus facing the crosses that come at us now and we do the same thing that jesus did now with christ because we cannot do it on our own we will be defeated the powers of satan are too great for us to battle alone only if we are the body of christ that's why we have to be very careful with all these ideas and all the good things and sentimental things that come that sound very beautiful if they're not anchored in the cross of christ if they're not if we're not being called to battle and to offer our lives with christ to the father is not authentic and this is not the common understanding that people have of christianity we we think it's all more about you know jesus is going to protect me so that i don't have to battle against the enemy that's not true we will battle the enemy with the power of christ and be victorious in him if we trust him now as i was reflecting all this by pure providence two messages 
that are very well known, but I have never put them together, came to me this week. The first one is from the 17th century. Is Jesus speaking to St. Margaret? Jesus reveals to her his heart. Now, his heart, what, is, what does that mean to reveal? To reveal your heart, it's something extremely intimate. You don't reveal your heart to anybody. You reveal your heart, you're putting yourself in a position of such vulnerability because you're exposing yourself, you're exposing what is most deep, most intimate about you, and you can be deeply hurt. And that is why we guard our hearts and actually our hearts become like hearts of stone. So Jesus exposes him, his heart, his intimacy to Margaret Mary. And, and then he speaks to us about the way that he has been abandoned and forsaken, even by Christians. And he says to her, I feel this more than all that I suffered during my passion. So he feels more the indifference, the abandonment, that all the physical pain. And that's the same thing, by the way, that he said to Conchita, right? And then Jesus goes on, if only they would make me some return for my love. I should think but little of all that I have done for them and would wish were possible to suffer still more. In other words, if they would at least return to me a little bit of love, I would consider all that I did in Calvary little and I will still suffer more if it was possible. How unfathomable is this love? This is a lover that only wants a little bit of return, but you see, we don't think in this mode. We think about Jesus, the Savior who protects me, who takes care about me, who's gonna resolve my problems, and I ask him for all the things that I need, but in this message, he's telling, he's saying, how about me? How about loving me a little bit? And we think, you, Jesus, why do you want my love? You're God, you've got everything. Why would you want my love? We don't understand. So he goes on to say, but the sole return they make for all my eagerness to do them good and to, is to reject me and treat me with coldness. And now here comes the pleading, the, the request of Jesus to St. Margaret and to each one of us who receives this message. And notice how it's completely the same line as Lourdes has been receiving. The same, the same basic message. He says, 
you at least console me by supplying for their ingratitude as far as you are able. At least you love me. At least you console me. And now there's two possibilities. We're moved by this, or we remain indifferent and continue the anguish of the Lord. You see how at the end, how simple it is? It's a love affair, my, my family. And here, all Christianity is reduced to the very essence. It's a God who has madly fallen in love with his creatures and wants them to return love. So it's not about multiplying activities and, and doing more novenas, or it's about giving him our love. And that is something very concrete and practical every day when we choose to love him in each circumstance of our life as we receive thorns, as we face injustices, whatever suffering, I choose, Lord, to act here now as one with you, and you're open to the Spirit to show you how to do that. Now, this is Jesus to St. Margaret Mary. Now, now this is Mary, our mother, to Sister Lucia in the 20th century. Look at the parallel. The Blessed Virgin Mary rested her hand on Lucia's shoulder, and as she did so, she showed her a heart encircled by thorns, which she was holding in her other hand. Jesus was holding his heart, showing it to St. Margaret. Now, the Blessed Mother is holding her heart, and it's surrounded with, encircled with thorns. She had with her the child Jesus. And listen to what the child Jesus tells Lucia. Have compassion on the heart of your most holy mother covered with thorns with which ungrateful men pierce it at every moment and there's no one to make an act of reparation to remove them and then the blessed mother says Look, my daughter, at my heart, surrounded with thorns with which ungrateful men pierce me every moment by their blasphemies and ingratitudes. Now listen what she asks to St. Lucia. What do you think she asks Lucia? You, at least, try to console me. The same thing that Jesus asked St. Margaret, 
300 years before. Now Jesus wants to be consoled. The Blessed Mother wants to be consoled. And it's not because they're wimps. It's because they love us so much and because they know that only when we are moved to console them is that we are going to receive that heart that they're offering. Because this heart that makes itself vulnerable, exposed for us to see it, cannot become one with us, with ours, unless we're moved to console. We are moved with gratitude. We stop worrying about suffering and are willing to embrace suffering to console and to love. And so now, the 21st century, the Lord is telling us the same thing. The tears, the blood that I shed, the Lord says, and is urging us to respond because he loves us and loves everyone so much and we are at the, in the verge of a precipice and is warning us of the drama of the battle that is just being unleashed in our world right now. And so our part seems like, how is that going to do anything to change the outcome? Well, it's the power of the cross. It's a mystery that was hidden for all ages, St. Paul says. And it's still madness, and it's a still a scandal for Greeks, for Gentiles. But for us, it's the power of God and the wisdom of God. And we have come to know that this will be the victory over all the darkness and all the evil of the world. But in the process, there will be martyrs. We should not be afraid. We will go through trials and suffering, but brothers and sisters, we will also share in his glory. And the Lord is already setting our hearts on fire. He said today in the gospel, right? I came to set fire upon the world and I wish it was already ablaze. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit. This is one of our charisms in the community is to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for a new Pentecost, but it's not a different thing from what we were talking before. It's through entering into the sufferings of Christ, consoling Christ, suffering with Christ, understanding what this heart of Jesus loves so much. It's by doing that, by entering that way, that we are set on fire. And this is the fire. What is the fire that Jesus Christ wants to bring upon the world? It's the fire of his sacred heart. It's a participation of his love, his desires, his longings. So, yes, the cross 
is the power that Satan brought against Jesus, but it was defeated and conquered, and it became a trophy, and it became the sign of victory for the battle that continues today, but the devil is already defeated. But what is still to be seen is, are you and I gonna be with Jesus victorious or not? Because the history is now being played out until the Lord comes triumphant.